0: Hey guys, welcome back. This is Steph and you are listening to Healing Through Pain. It's a show that dives into health and healing and we discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that life sends our way. Today we're going to talk about how to draw parameters around grief as we try to move towards healing. Thanks for tuning in. So as I get started here, I'm just going to up front point out that this particular episode will probably be a little less refined. Um, That would be giving myself a lot of credit saying that former episodes were refined, but the truth is, this is just such a heavy topic. Um, Talking about grief, it's paramount because grief is a universal experience, and that's frankly if we allow it to be. Um, I I know some people are able to uh, suppress their kind of emotional vacillations, and so maybe not everyone experiences grief as I'm going to describe it over the next few episodes, but grief is a very normal part of life because life involves loss. And, and grief as part of loss that we experience. And in future episodes, we'll kind of develop stages of grief and and what that might look like. But today, I want to give a very specific strategy and some calm reassurance that moving forward through grief, while sometimes it seems like it'll be never ending and it seems like there's no light, I want to help you personify it so that perhaps uh, for those going through a particular trial or struggle right now, they might be able to use this strategy and um, use it as a touchstone, not only for them but for how they can maybe intersect with others and explain what their experiences are. And so I was one of those, you know, glass totally half full or all the way full people thinking that 2020 was going to be just the best year, right? We're talking about like 2020, perfect vision, it's going to be amazing. And then obviously, collectively, we went through something on a global level that was pretty jarring and that, you know, affected many of us in a copious amount of different ways. But 2020 was such an interesting roller coaster from not only the pandemic, but the volatility related. Related to um, social dynamics that unfolded last summer, uh, the political cycle that was happening. There seemed to be so much wounding going on collectively. And there was such just there was such profound grief all around me. And as we came to the end of 2020, it really seemed like, okay, maybe this season is is behind us, and maybe 2021 is going to somehow be that breath of fresh air. Then for January and February, things seemed to be, you know, trending. Um, it, Things shifted politically, so that seemed less volatile. Um, There was uh, some mask mandates that were shifting, and there were some new freedoms related to COVID, so that seemed like things were trending well. And then um, as 2021 really got underway, we're talking more towards March. It feels like in my own personal life the bottom fell out in such a just such a heartbreaking way but it was in a variety of life domains it, it just seemed to be kind of systematically resources were being depleted one after another and I I don't know that my body has come up for air <laughs> over the last five months Um, and that's in addition to what we weathered last year and so there, there's just this fatigue going on and I know others are feeling it because others have experienced a really hard season too over the last couple months here but there's just such a, a pervasive sense of fatigue that i'm experiencing and it's it's one of those things where i don't get to move time faster than it's willing to move so it's it's going to be you know an hour at a time a day at a time a week at a time a month at a time and and i'm going to have to walk through this season knowing that um time's going to move at the pace that it does and so i'm going to have to learn how to be patient and to navigate grief as things are are shifting in my own life and so one of um, um a few of the things that you know just kind of as a overview have happened is just some big vocational shifts have happened where things were kind of restructured in a way that was um not anticipated and so there were some choices that were removed from myself going forward into my next calendar year and so that felt really hard um, there's been some relational shifts that have gone on that have been, you know, really immobilizing at times. There's also been, you know, we we talk through as counselors, uh, vicarious trauma, secondary trauma, compassion fatigue. There's a lot of different terms for it. But walking with other people through their seasons of hard does have a, a cost. It does have a wear on you, especially when your own resources are depleted and and you're trying to be that strong place for other people to um confide. But but there is um There's a notable... Uh, shift that happens when you take on one client's narrative after another. And there's a lot of people navigating really tough stuff like deaths of parents, like divorce, like, um, uh, you know, I'm working with quite a few high school kids uh, who are transitioning into college and experiencing kind of overwhelm and and terror about what does that mean as they go forward. Um, dealing with some people who are vocationally losing kind of access to things they thought would be true about their life and uh, people going through really big financial hardship. And so that's been super tough to walk. Um, recently I've walked with one specific client through a, a big medical crisis and, you know, day after day getting updates about how, how much hardship they're experiencing. It's, it's a very wearing thing to engage. Um, and then just when the, within the last couple of weeks, um, losing a former student, it's just such a a stunning thing to understand that um, someone who was walking into the next chapter of life has suddenly lost their life and in such an unexpected and jarring way. And, you know, we as a community trying to understand a loss like that, um, understanding that you walk with a student, you know, this particular uh, student, I had walked with him, you know, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, and I taught him again in 12th grade. And then, um, you know, you watch a graduation last month, and then you're attending a funeral this month. And it's such a jarring thing to watch unfold. And as it's been, um, you know, a culminating effect of just really heavy stuff, I realized that when I walk with clients through grief, I need to be doing that same thing in my own life. And one of the strategies we can use is to draw parameters around our grief, because not doing so kind of keeps this uh, keeps us in this holding pattern of uh, feeling immobilized and so I want to explain what that actually means to draw parameters the analogy that I use with my clients to illustrate it and so I'll illustrate it and then ask them to kind of think of how it applies in their own life is I use the analogy of a bowling ball and I say okay I want you to imagine that your grief or in, in you know my personal case my grief is the the shape of a bowling ball and I would say how big does that bowling ball feel today And when I'm talking about things going on a couple months ago, um, I would say the size of that bowling ball filled every square inch of my my vision, right? So it was just so large, kind of the size of a mountain. I I couldn't put my arms around it. I definitely couldn't lift it up. It was just so crushing and and so insurmountable. And then as time moves forward, and let's say, you know, in April and May, there's there's moments where it doesn't feel as heavy. Well, now maybe instead of the size of a mountain, it's the size of a building. And maybe, um you know, as healing takes place and as new contexts emerge and, and as things feel a little bit less murky, maybe now it's the size of a car. And while I still can't pick it up, And wrap myself around it, I can see past it a little bit. I can experience moments where it's not the only thing that consumes me. And let's say, you know, we walk forward a couple months and now it's the size of a big chair. It's a chair, and and, and a chair, it might be bulky, it might be really heavy, but I probably could wrap my arms around that and start to carry it with me a little bit differently. And then maybe a couple months later it's the size of a a big beach ball, so a blow-up beach ball, but it's still, it's still really heavy. It's really difficult to, to carry around, and I'm always aware of. It, but it's it's not a mountain anymore, and it's not a building, and it's not a car. Now it's a little bit more manageable. And then I think of um, you know, you move forward a few months and now now it's the size of a softball, and it's still heavy, and it's still still something I'm so aware of, and it's still present, but it's it's more manageable, and I can I can move around with it much more freely. And then maybe some more healing happens, and, and now it's the size of, you know, it, it starts to be the size of a marble. The thing with grief is there's a very good chance that we're always going to be aware of the loss that we've experienced. And it's not a matter of put parameters on it so eventually it disappears or eventually you don't see it anymore. But to use a reference point with clients where they come into me and I say, okay, so today it's the mountain. And then in a couple of weeks, they come in and they say, it's not a mountain anymore, but it's still a building and it's still huge. I understand that. But we can sit in the awareness that it's not this mountain. It's still tremendous and it's painful and it's awful, but it's no longer the mountain. It's a little smaller, a little bit more manageable. And as we move forward, and I want to say we don't move on, we move forward in our grief. As we move forward in life, grief is going to morph and reshape and it's going to take on different parameters. And it's important to try to... To give it context so that we're able to not feel the bottomlessness of grief or the never-ending pervasiveness of it because we are going to move forward eventually in some manner and putting parameters around it can actually be a good reference point where you say to someone it's a mountain again today I didn't think it would be a mountain again but here we are today and it's so huge and I can't manage and you'll know you'll need extra support on days when it's a mountain again and then there's going to be days where you say whoa it's a softball. It's a softball today. So I can actually give more of myself. I can move around a little bit more freely. But using the language and using parameters helps clue you into the emotional expenditure that's going on. And it also helps you use verbiage to cue others in. When they're saying, hey, aren't you over this yet? You say, you know what? I had a few good days and it's a mountain again. And I'm sorry for that. That's just where I'm at. But it gives verbiage to cue people into what you're experiencing. So I use that analogy with clients. And then I ask them to pick an analogy for themselves and and tell me about what it looks like or feels like to them and two uh recent stories that I've been able to walk with clients um one of them she is um moving away from a relationship that's been very difficult to separate herself from and we've been walking together for about 9 months at this point and she describes it as a black ooze and so she said it feels like there's black ooze in every part of my body and it's just it's in my fingertips and it's in my it's in my joints and it's choking me around my neck and it's in my brain it's just it's just gripping me and she said it's so thick and I can barely breathe and it's suffocating and then we talk in a couple weeks and she says you know it's still it's still there it's still this black ooze it's still so difficult but it's a little thinner somehow it's not as like thick and gelatinous as it was it's a little less and she said I can't describe it I just know that it's not suffocating me as much and because we have that point of reference she's able to notice that there's some shift happening in her life because we've put parameters around it. And so now we're nine months into it. And and some days she's like, I was barely aware that it was there. It's so thin and it runs so freely through my body. If I stop to think about it, I know I'm sad. I know that I still have hurt going on here. But... It's not the all-consuming, I can't breathe because it's gripped me in such a big way. And another client who I'm more recently walking with, she is also coming post-breakup and it's just something that's really rocked her world. And so I gave her the bowling ball analogy and she said, I'm going to use the analogy of a, a storm. And she said, right after I was broken up with, it was, it was not only storm clouds, but it was constant lightning, constant thunder. There was not an ounce of sunshine in the sky and it was nighttime storming, so it was terrifying there was there was just no no light anywhere and as we've kind of walked towards her unraveling and processing and reorganizing her experience she's had a couple days where she said it's only been overcast today there wasn't even a drop of rain it was still you know murky it was still um unpleasant but there wasn't lightning there wasn't thunder there wasn't even rain today and a few weeks ago she went out with some friends and she came back and she said you know what for a little bit there there were breaks in the clouds like for a couple hours there it it was just Just I was fine. And so when she's in a season of, oh my word, again, it's it's black everywhere and it's lightning and it's thunder and I'm feeling awful. I can say to her, we know that it's a season, and we know sometimes there is a break in the cloud, and I need you to cling to that memory. That's why we put parameters around it so you can have a reference point when it does ease, and then maybe it becomes heavier again. And then maybe it eases up for a little bit longer of time, but it becomes heavier again. And the the last Kind of parting thought as we talk through grief is be very careful about taking your normal process of grief and applying it to other people and what they should engage in their process of grief. Um, I was talking with my supervisor a couple weeks ago, and he said that he had a client come to him, and she was um, eight years post death of her spouse, and so they had been married for about thirty years, and she was coming to to see him eight years after, and said, "I finally think I need to start dealing with this grief," and she says but all of my friends are are pretty judgmental about the fact that it's taken me this long. And she said, is eight years normal? And he very graciously said to her, he said, it sounds like eight years is your normal. And that's what people need to understand. The grief process is so unique. We'll talk about cycles of grief. And yes, we each experience them as we navigate uh, shifts and change and loss. But the amount of time that it will take us to heal is so highly customizable based on our resources, based on our age, based on our development based on our you know theories of the world around us there are so many pieces that are highly customized and so we need to be really careful about saying to someone well aren't you over that or you should be further uh, through this or or why are you still holding on to this um, please be so compassionate with people who are going through a hard time i know that there are are many well-intentioned people in my life that are kind of leaning in and watching and checking in that i'm doing well and making sure i'm okay and in that process i've had to um, very gently push back on some of them who say, like, well, I don't want you to be sad. And I'll just say, you know what, though, I am sad. And that has to be okay. Because right now in these moments, that's what I'm experiencing. And I'm not going to change my countenance for other people to make them more comfortable. I'm not going to insist that I'm fine when in fact, you know, it's it's been adjacent to a dumpster fire, you know, since the start of 2020. I'm just not going to, you know, fiend that that things are okay. And I, I hope those of you going through grief, you, you feel that same freedom, them to say right now today it's a mountain or right now it's this suffocating black ooze or right now it's this rainstorm and there's not even a modicum of light available to me and so if other people are asking me to change i can explain that to them and say right now in this moment i will not change for your comfort i cannot change for your comfort i'm grieving and that has to be okay so that's where i want to leave you today um think through it if you're going through a season of hard think through what does it look like to draw parameters around your particular experience what does it look like to personify it. And that's a way of giving yourself language and giving other people language to explain your experience. And it's also going to be a reference point as grief has ebbs and flows, it's going to maybe give you some more insight on how to um, look out for where moving forward is happening and, and where maybe you need people to come alongside of you in a more intentional way in, in the more difficult pieces of your story. And that's okay too. Thanks so much for tuning in guys. Tune back in on Wednesday for another episode. It will be related to the different stages of grief. As always, if you found this helpful, please feel free to share it with those who need to hear it. Also, if you're willing to give a like or a follow or leave a review, those are always appreciated. Enjoy your week.